thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. It is good to be back. It is very good to be back. Last week, uh, my name is David White, by the way. I'm the young adult pastor here at Cross City. And uh, I'm also a school teacher. I teach sixth grade. I teach sixth grade for about 27, 11, and 12-year-olds, and I love it. Um, but last week, I, I, I was not here because there's this thing called sixth grade camp. Anybody remember sixth grade camp? Anybody, like, go to sixth grade camp? Dude, it was so cool, and it's still really cool. Uh, but anyway, I left last week, and I stayed the entire week with my students, and usually when uh, schools go to sixth grade camp, like my cabin leader was my friend's dad, Joey's dad, Marcus was my, my cabin leader, and, and he was cool, but at the school I work at, there's not a lot of dads around, there's not a lot of like uncles even, there's not even grandpas, and so we were short cabin leaders, and so me being the, the go-getter, that I was, I'm like, dude, I'll do it. Put me in, coach. I will be a cabin leader. And, and I, I not only taught classes during the day, but I got to hang out one-on-one with about eight of my boys, the toughest ones, too. I said, hey, if I'm going to do it, put the tough ones with me because I'm tough. You know, I'm trying to act like that sometimes. And, and so all last week, we left on, on Tuesday, and I came back Friday afternoon, and all week, I got to hang out with, with my boys, man. And there's this one kid, and I'll, we'll just call him Angel. Call him Angel because it fits him. He's no angel, by the way. But he, we're going to call him Angel. And he is one of the toughest kids my school has seen. He's in my class. He sits in the back. You all would know him if, he, if I would explain him to you because every class had one of these angels, right? He's messing around, he's throwing things, he's pushing people, he's fighting. Like, he's just like, what is going on? Um, And the long story goes short when it says he's got a broken home life, of course. Uh, But this kid, Angel, I specifically asked for Angel in my cabin, right next to me. And it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, like the first day or so, like, he's, he's used to me. He's used to me every single day. I call him, I say, hey, Angel, you can't do that. You're my guy, you're my, you're my dude, and you're my assistant. You can't act like that in my class. And it's been crazy watching him this year. It's been really crazy, but it's even crazier when I got to do camp with him. This dude's broken, man, and every morning he was just a broken dude. Every night he was just a broken dude, but, but something fascinating happened. He actually was changing a little bit. Like, y'all know, sometimes it takes getting out of your, your zone. Sometimes it takes getting out of your, your house and going up into some hills where you don't, you don't hear the negativity. You don't hear the moms and the, the dads. and the, You don't hear that. You have to get out of the town. And, and for him, it was really working. It was really working. My whole cabin, we were like, oh, we had this chant. And all oh, yeah. they dread, you know, it was just like sixth grade camp, right? And, and he was doing very, very, very good until, until I had to go use the shower. <laughs> I had to use the shower, man. And, and uh we had, you know, showers, 
down the hill. It was snowing, right? It's like snow. You're walking down there. And, and so it took me like 30 minutes, and I wanted to re- relax a little bit in the shower. You know, that's my thing. And, uh, and I come back, and as I'm walking up the hill, I remember screaming, right? There's people screaming in my cabin. I'm like, no, oh, no, she didn't. That's my cabin. That's my cabin. I walk in there. Boom, bust open the door. Not really. I open it, and I'm just like, hey, hey what's going on? And what I find is, is Angel is, is swinging at this other kid, and I have, a, I have this one dude, the biggest dude in the school. I made him in my cabin too. He's holding them back. He's holding this other kid and Angel back. And what I find, I was like, hey, stop it. Everyone sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm the cabin leader in here. Sit down. They all sat down. Come to find out, Angel had a pencil. He was trying to get him. And I'm just slowing everything down. I'm just slowing everything. Hey, what's going on? Like, hey, we're Madrone. That was our cabin name, right? You all have cabin names, right? We're Madrone, dude. What are you guys doing? And they're just going back and forth. And I'm pulling these kids aside. I pull, I pull this one sweet little kid because I had to put some sweet little kids in my, in my cabin too. I pull them outside. I was like, dude, what happened, bro? Like, what happened? I leave for 10 minutes. And he's like, dude, it's, it's funny because uh, Angel, he just doesn't know what to do when you're not around, Mr. White. And... That, that touched me a little bit, not trying to be like, hey, everyone, look at Mr. White. Yeah. I'm trying to say something. When you don't have something you're, you're looking at, if you don't have someone you're trying to be like, then, then oftentimes we'd have no clue what we're doing. There's this girl. Her name's Daniel, Danielle, Danielle Brigoli. Some of you know her by her, her uh, little catchphrase, catch me outside. She's a catch me outside girl. I don't know if you remember Catch Me Outside Girl, but she was made ultra famous on Dr. Phil. There she is. Ultra famous in 2016. She's a 13-year-old girl, little, little punk, man. But, but she, she's like arguing with her mom and, you know, Dr. Phil. And the audience is laughing at her. And she's like, hey, Catch Me Outside, how about that? But she says it more cool, like I'm not that cool. And she says it really cool, and it goes viral, right? The memes, the song. She's nominated for a a Grammy or something, and, and she's now a rapper. She's, she's with Atlantic Records, and it's all from this little moment. And, but what's fascinating about Danielle is what's, what's really cool about her is that Dr. Phil actually sent her to a, a ranch in Utah. I don't know if any of you are like Dr. Phil fans, but they sent her to a ranch in Utah to live for like a year. And at this ranch, she had to do like all the chores. She had routine but she was also surrounded by like mentors and people who believed in her and, and they supported her and, and she was out of her situation. A year goes by and, and it was remarkable, they said. They said she came in, she was a punk. But by the end of this year, man, it was, it was, it was incredible how much she changed. You could see it. She was not only top of her class, but she was a leader. She was like, she was like, radically changed and it was like this success story it was like man we did some the guys with cowboy hats are like wow we love you and she's crying and we love you uh but but she goes back into her situation and it wasn't but a day a day living with her mom she's arrested for something dumb 
I say that because we've, we've started this series called, called Relationship Goals. Because the idea is that, that relationships are huge. They're a big deal. Last week, Jake, Jake talked about this, this idea of friends and having the right friends and friendships. And, and what I really liked about his listening to the podcast was, was that we, we live in a season where, uh, or a time where you can have 5,000 Facebook friends, but there's so many people around you, but not all of them are your friends. You got to choose your friends wisely. I, I really like that. On my way down the hill, I listened to the podcast. And, and tonight, I get to talk about this simple word, mentor. Right over here, if you've ever been to any business meeting, any, any church leadership, if you've been in any type of business class or any type of growth leadership class, you've probably seen a model that looks like that right over there. And they draw a circle and they say, hey, this is you. And right above you is this, there's a mentor. There's a mentor. And this is typically what we hear, what, what we think about when we hear the word, word mentor. In its Latin roots, this word mentor actually comes from the word monitor. Kind of interesting. It's like, it's like this person who, who monitors you. And it's almost a little bit weird. It's almost like whenever I hear that word, it's almost like some spiritual thing. Like it's almost like, man, the mentors, like, I w- like you crawl up onto this this mountain in China, right? You go all these steps and you find this sage of a man and you ask him, should I break up with her? <laughs> and you ask him these questions and he guides you. And, and this is this, this thought of mentor. And, and tonight I want to dumb it down a little bit. I want to simplify it because it's simpler. Than, I actually wish it was that easy. I wish I could just find some dude with a white beard and be like, hey man, uh, what do I do tomorrow but oftentimes it doesn't work like that because we don't know how to ask or where to look. See, it's a little more simple than that, but it's a lot more complex. See, I believe mentors, I'm going to give you a little phrase, I believe that they are power relationships. Power relationships. I believe that all of us go through transitions in life, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever met a dude who's like 35, but he acts like he's still in high school, right? Because he's never transitioned properly from this season to the next. See, I believe that in every season that there are people, there are power relationships to pull you to the next season, to the next place. And if you miss it, if you miss these people giving you a little bit of a break and pulling you up, then then you kind of stay stagnant. There's a little phrase, and it's my only point tonight. It's really simple. It goes like this. It goes like this. Who you are tomorrow is who you choose to be like today. Who you are tomorrow is who you choose to be like today. Who you choose to, or who you are tomorrow is who you choose to be today. There's this, there's this sentence in Proverbs, and it goes like this. Um, it says, the, the, how does it go? It goes like this. The words, of the, wisdom, the words of wisdom, throw it up on me. The teaching of the wise is a, founda- a fountain of life. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares 
of death. In other words, these things, mentors, this wisdom, that that thing, that thing right there, the difference is life or death. It's pretty intense, man. The, the difference is life, the fountain of life even. That's kind of cute. And the snares of death, that's the difference between the two. So in my mind, why don't we all just, why don't we all get mentors, right? I mean, it makes sense. Like, what, like why don't we all just go out and go get a mentor because, because you'll, you'll taste that fountain of life. But it's not that easy. As a matter of fact, I, I think that there are, there are two misconceptions when, it, when we talk about this topic. And I, and I believe that there are two, uh, there are two things sneaking in and they're, they're simply destroying or trying to destroy our generation. Guys, I got a couple kids at home. Those kids in my class are going to be the adults when my four-year-old and my three-year-old are going through college. I believe that there are two things that are ripping our generation apart, and it has to do with that. The first misconception is pretty easy. I think we live in a, in a fast food world, a kind of a, a time where you can just get some popcorn and pop it in the microwave and get in one minute. And I believe that there's this false thought that, that change is instantaneous. That, man, if you just find the right mentor, man, you walk up, hey, hey, man, would you be my mentor? And he's like, yeah, dude. And you meet once a month, and he says, how are you? And you're like, ah, you vent. And then he gives you a couple nuggets. You have this, we have this false idea that, man, if you just find the right mentor, you're cake, man. You're good. See, tomorrow you'll wake up, and you'll be, you'll be better than you were. See, if you just find the right mentor, man, if you just wake up tomorrow, you'll be stronger. That addiction won't be, will, won't be bothering you. You'll be holier if you have the right mentor, right? There's this really dark, perverted thought that says, man, you can change, and it happens fast. One of the, one of the uh, top famous Bible verses that has to do with that topic right there is this one. It goes, it goes like this, as iron sharpens iron is one man, has, he sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron is one man sharpens another. And that's pretty, uh, maybe some of you guys have heard that before, but it's kind of an interesting little sentence because there's a couple things that point out to me. Uh, the first thing is that iron, it sharpens iron. Iron's not sharpening the wood. Iron's not sharpening the marble. It's not sharpening the, the granite, it's not sharpening the, the, the cloth. The iron is sharpening the iron. There has to be some sort of readiness. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, man, I'd love for you to be my, my, my mentor. I'd be like, all right, cool. Like, how are we doing this? And I'll, I'll, I don't know. Like, we'll meet, like, once in a while, and you tell me what to do. I was like, and then we meet, and I tell them some stuff, and it just doesn't happen. It doesn't flow because there's, there's something about being ready. There's something about this person actually going after that person. So there has to be some sort of iron. Iron is strong, and you got to be strong if you want to be mentored. The second thing I notice is that iron sharpens iron. Oftentimes it's like, hey, uh, 
Yeah, my mentor is uh, Timmy, and um, we meet once in a while, and, and then I tell him what I need help on, and he gives me, gives me advice, and then I go do it. But really, what happens? Nothing changes, right? You like, kind of just go back to normal. There's something about iron sharpening iron that there is a closeness. I brought, a, I brought this thing. It's a crazy-looking thing. I bought it on, on the TV. It was on the TV, and I was like, oh, you sharpen your knives. And, like, and I bought it. Like I called the number, and I bought it like a grandma. And, um, but what I noticed is, is like, if I hold my knife, and this is a purple knife, by the way. Yeah, I bought this online too. Uh, I, I can't hold my knife over here and it's not going to get sharpened. See, oftentimes we, we treat mentors like this. It's like, hey, hey, over there, you sharpener. Hey, sharpen me. And then, and then we don't get in there. We don't like, like, here's how this thing works. You actually got to like, Get in there and sharpen it like that. Like, it, there's a little bit of closeness. There's a little bit of, like, doing life together. There's a little bit of hurt that takes place. And it takes a lot more than just standing over here. I remember when I was in college and I, and I started getting into, like, teaching and preaching and all that. You wouldn't believe this, but I was the shyest man in the world. Not a lie. Not a lie. I was the shyest dude in the world. I was getting into teaching and preaching, and I was over here at Fresno Pacific. I was student body president, and I got to lead a bunch of stuff, and I got to talk a lot. And there was this one time where I gave this, this sermon to chapel, and there was a lot of people there, and I, and I felt like I killed it. I felt like I just went, boom, hit a home run. And I remember walking off the stage and just feeling all, everyone's like, dude, that was awesome. Dude, that was good. So good. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, so good. And then a a dude, a friend of mine, a guy I really looked up to, a dude that I, he was my roommate. We did life together, pulled me aside and said, hey, David, I got to tell you something. I feel like you were preaching for yourself. And it hurt. <laughs> I wanted him to tell me how good I was. I wanted him to look in me eye and bat his eyes at me and tell me, dude, you're a go-getter, man. But it, it, he told me something I did not want to hear. But you know what? I received it because I loved the dude. I admired him. I wanted to be like him. And even though it hurt me, <laughs> I, I took it. There's something about being here that hurts there's something about being here that you actually literally have to do life together with somebody. You can't just check in once in every once in a blue moon and say, "Hey, man, give me some advice, man. I I need help, my girlfriend, dude." Like, you, there's a something to rubbing shoulders. The last thing I want to talk about is that that word sharpening. Uh, in the ancient Hebrew, it's actually this word kadad. Kadad, and it's a really cool word. I don't have any tattoos, but if I was going to get a tattoo, it might be kadad. <laughs> kadad, because this is what it means. It's the process of being sharpened. It's the, the development of a sword. I did a really quick just search medieval swords. Like, how long did it take to make, make a sword in medieval times? And it even brought me to, like, modern day to make a good Sword. A swordsmith takes about a month to make sure everything's right. See, the process is sometimes hard. I know some of you are dealing with some stuff, and you're like, dude, I just want to shake it. 
dude. And now that guy's my mentor, and I should be good tomorrow, and freak, it's back. And I just want to say, don't rush the process. Don't let the process disappoint you. Don't rush the development. Because the best swords and the best people take time. Michael Jordan didn't become Michael Jordan in one night. You guys all know the story. He was cut. Who you are tomorrow is who you choose to be like today. There's a second misconception, and this one's harsh. This second misconception goes like this. If I just find the right one, kind of like when we were talking about marriage the other day, like if I just find my soulmate, if I just, there's that one person, that one leader that's going to just direct me, who's going to take me, and he's going to know everything about me, and he's going he's gonna to know exactly what to tell me. He's going he's gonna to be my mentor. See, oftentimes we feel like there's this one mentor. There's this, there's this sentence, and it's in Proverbs again, but it goes like this. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors. With many advisors, they succeed. With a multitude of advisors, they succeed. When I was playing baseball in college, I went up to my coach because he was a really cool dude, man. I, I said, hey, coach, I just got to say, Who's your coach? Who's your mentor? Because I was, I was in a really spiritual moment, right? I was like growing a lot. And I was just like, I just need to know, man. Who do you go to? Who's your one? And he laughed at me. He's like, what are you talking about? Your mentor, bro. Who's your mentor? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, ah, where do you get your advice? He's like, dude, I've had so many mentors in my life. I've had thousands of mentors, and my mentors from this season are different than this season, and they're different than this season. I have had so many mentors that I can't even tell you one. And I said, that doesn't help me. <laughs> I want to know. And the, the idea is that sometimes we get stuck. I don't know. I've been there, man. It's like, man, I just got to find that one person. And when I find that one person, he's going to change my life. He's going to take me to the next level. The truth is they're all around you. They're all around you. I've heard it said that there are three types of people in our lives. The first type is those who know you. They know you and they know they're making a difference. These are like formal mentors. You go up to them and say, hey, man, I really like the way you, you balance your checkbook. Can I hang out with you? Can you tell me about money? Hey, I really like the way you're a dad. I really like the way you're a husband. I, hey, I really like the way that you, you talk in front of people. I, can I just hang out with you? They know you, and they know they're making a difference. These are, this is more of like a formal mentorship. Someone like that for me is, is Brent Deffenbacher. If you don't know Brent, he's a pastor here at Cross City. And I specifically go to him, and when I say I go to him, I say, hey, I want to meet up with you, and I'm going to have questions for you, and I, be on, I want you to be honest with me. That's the first type of person. The second type is someone who knows you, but they don't know that they're making a difference in your life. See, the part of the reason I became a teacher is not to teach two plus two and how to read a book, but because I would never be the man I am today if it wasn't for some teachers strategically placed in my life who had no clue that they were telling me good things, but they were building me to the man I am. 
In eighth grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Ramos who believed in me when no one else did. In college, I had a teacher named Mr. Grant who pushed me further than anybody has ever pushed me before. See, the second type of person is people in your life who know you, but they don't know that they're affecting you. And then the third one is people who don't know you, yet they're affecting you. They're impacting you. These are people who you may never even meet. Someone like that for me is a guy named John Maxwell. He talks a lot about leadership. He has influenced me because I've went to him, not in person, but I went to his books, I went to his podcast, I went to his little videos, and I've learned. C.S. Lewis is dead, but man, he's mentoring me. There's guys like in, in baseball, there's a, there's a football player named Chris Carter, man. He, Chris Carter, I grew up loving Chris Carter. Chris Carter mentored me. I remember one time I was playing football with my friends, and I scored a touchdown, and, and, and Chris Carter used to do this thing where he pointed to God, and I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just saw my mentor doing it. There are three types of mentors, those who know you, who know they're making a difference, those who know you, who don't know they're making a difference, and those who don't know you and are making a difference. The point is this. If I take my pen and I go over here to this, this graph over here, this is a more realistic drawing of what mentors look. I said this idea of power relationships earlier. Some people fail to transition because they fail to find a mentor. It's kind of like this. Can I borrow you for a second, man? See, I'm on some steps. I'm three steps up, but right here, he's down there. Go and stay right there. See, every now and then in a season of life, you're stuck there. You got to find a mentor to grab your hand and pull you to the next spot. And then at that next spot, you got to find another mentor to pull you to the next spot. And then you got to find another mentor to pull you to the last spot. And at, at some point, you just don't call them mentors anymore. Now you just call them influences. See, some of us start, or we're stuck down there because we're still waiting for that one perfect mentor to walk into our life and come talk to us and come give us advice. Listen, they're not going to come find you. You got to find them. Thanks, bro. You can go back down there. <laughs> I didn't know how to transition out of that. I was like, how do I do this? Cool, but uh, there's no cool way. Here's the thing. We walk out of these doors, and it is a, how do we do this, right? Like, how, how do we find a mentor? How do we find these people? How do, it's, I mean, there's so much noise outside these walls. There's so much perversion. There's so much weirdness. There's so much bad advice. When people come to me and they say, hey, man, how do I find a mentor? This is what I say. Who in your life do you admire? Who is successful in things you want to be successful at? Write down their names and pursue them. If they're alive, give them a call. Take them out to lunch. There's a guy in my life. As you know, I have a couple kids. I'm like, hey, man, I, can I buy you coffee? And I just want to ask you about being a dad. There's a... There's a there's a guy I, I know who's a teacher. I'm like, dude, I, can I buy you a Jamba Juice? Because there's this, uh, you, the way you manage your classroom is incredible. And I just want to learn a couple things. There's a couple people who are younger than me. And I talk with almost every week that they don't really know it, but I'm getting a lot from them. Because really, if I was to make this a better picture, usually it's not just one way. It's like this. It's going back and forth. The point is this. Don't look for the one. Find many of them. 
Because who you are tomorrow is who you try to be like today. And here's my advice. Find someone you like. Find someone who's successful and pretend to be like them. Perform. There's a guy named Caesar Milan, and he's a dog trainer. I don't know if you remember him. He's a dog whisperer. Um, and I read his books because I have a little dog. And, and uh, one of his things is like, hey, dogs sense, they smell the alpha. And if you're not the alpha, they'll know it and they'll bark at you and they'll bite you and stuff like that. You got to pretend to be the alpha. You got to imagine someone. You got to imagine the biggest, baddest dude and, and act like him. I tried it one day and my dog looked at me all funny. I was like, what, what are you looking at? I'm the rock. I'm the rock. We, I'm just kidding. But you got to perform a little bit. There's something to faking it till you make it. Figure out a list of people who you want to be like and like, act like them. Remember a few years ago, those bracelets that all the Christians had? What would Jesus do? I'm about to punch your face. Oh, wait, Jesus wouldn't do that. Thanks. Yeah. Love you, man. There's something to that, but I'm going to take it a step further and say this. Who are the people in your life who, who you can pretend to be like in those moments? Every now and then we walk into situations where we're a little uncomfortable, where it's a little bit out of our comfort zone. I don't know what to do in this situation, but I have people in my life. A couple of them are younger than me. I have people, I'm like, what would he do right now? Okay, and I'll try to be like him. What would this guy do? How would he act? How would he lead this meeting? How would he speak to this student? There are people who I try to be, and they're my mentors. Kobe Bryant was a pretty good basketball player. You talk about his early game, and, and all he talks about is MJ, Michael Jordan, See, Kobe grew up, and he watched MJ's every move. He watched his tapes over and over. He did that crossover, and Kobe would practice that crossover over and over again because that was his idol. He wanted to be like Michael Jordan. He never became Michael Jordan, but he became Kobe Bryant. And here's the thing. There will never be a John Maxwell again. There will never be an Ethan again. There will never be a Dakri again. There will never be a Trey again. There will never be a Jake Watkins again. But you find some people, and all you got to do is just be this much better than, than yesterday. There's a phrase that a thousand pushes in the same direction is a lot more powerful than one blow. All you got to be, you don't got to be anybody. You just got to be you. But just be this much better. See, the funny thing about mentors, it's never even mentioned in the Bible. That word, it's not even talked of. It's not even, not even Hebrew. <laughs> There's nothing like that in the Bible. But the, the idea of having power relationships is sown through the entire thing. Moses mentored Joshua. Joshua pursued Moses. David, King David pursued Samuel and um, Nathan. And, and uh, Elisha pursued Elijah. They, they went after each other. Barnabas per uh, kind of mentored Paul, and Paul mentored Timothy. It's all throughout the Bible. It's all about this, becoming better. But one of them's my favorite. I want to go to a little Sunday school just because I can. There's this one dude named Jesus, right? And the way he modeled this was pretty cool. He just simply walked up to people. He looked at them in the eyes, and he said, just follow me. He said, just follow me. He took fishermen and changed them into world changers. He transformed them. Nobody became Jesus, but they became better because of him. For three years, a couple dudes lived with him. Jake talked about his inner circle. He had disciples. And for I've always been 
so envious. I'm like, dude, wouldn't it be cool just like cooking fish? Hey, Jesus. Hey, G. I would have come up with some sort of name like, what's up, man? And it's like, I want to be like you. See, but here's the cool part. I believe we live in the best era of human history. I believe that this generation, this era is, is the best to live. And this is why, because it's something called post-resurrection. What I mean by that, it's after Jesus died, he came back to life, and it's after he rose to heaven because something very specific happened. See, scriptures tell of this moment when Jesus rose to heaven that's very special for us. It says that, that this counselor, this advisor, this advocate was given to us. I have one last little passage, and it's, it's found right here in John, and it says, it says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Why did he give peace? Because we had it's going to sound cheesy, but we had a mentor, someone to monitor us all along. We had this thing called the Holy Spirit. It says once you are adopted in, it is freely given. And there are some of us here right now who literally need real mentors, real people in our lives to point us in the right direction, real influencers. But there are some more of us who need, need to just activate that Holy Spirit. If it is true, if the Bible, if I'm going to believe that book, then it's going to, it says that whatever I say, whatever I ask for in the name of Jesus, it will be given and the Holy Spirit will light, lead me and teach me and remind me of things. Some of us need that activated. I had this little toy when I was a kid. It was a little helicopter. It was given to me by some old guy and um, I played with it like this, played with it all the time. It wasn't until like a year later I found this little button. I pressed the button, and that thing lit up, <laughs> and the propeller started swinging around. I was like, oh, my God, and it was just that moment where I was like, dude, sometimes all you got to do, the power's within you. Sometimes all you got to do is activate it, and so I'm going to close up right here with this. Who you are tomorrow, it truly is who you're trying to be like today. That's it. It's not that complex. You don't got to find some old guy on some Chinese mountain and ask him. It's simply that easy. Surround yourself with people you want to be like. But most importantly, man, you got to activate that Holy Spirit. It's literally called Wonderful Counselor. In one of the translations, it says, I will give you a mentor, and it is the Holy Spirit. It's so weird. So, God, I just ask a blessing over this place. I feel like there's people in here who seriously need some direction. And Father, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would bring the right people into their life. That it wouldn't just be one or two, but man, you would surround them with mentors.